The Antidote is visiting with Jesse Jeremiah of Veritas Vinyl. Thanks for coming on board, Jesse. Yeah, thanks for having me. We've traded emails for a while. It's nice to actually sit down and chat with you. Well, I guess I should fill our listeners in that, no, this isn't a band, but actually a record label. What was it about this end of the business that drew you in? Um, well, I grew up kind of in the punk scene in the Northwest uh, as a, you know, got into it as a pretty young kid. And I was always into that music and played in bands and stuff when I was younger. And uh, it, it felt like home to me, but there was also a lot of stuff going on that I, even as a young kid, I knew, yeah, I shouldn't be around this stuff. And so as I got older and kind of got out of bands and then I moved to the middle of nowhere, um, we decided that even though we kind of live in the middle of cowboy country, we can still be a part of the scene and help out bands that are still active by putting out some records. And I put out records a couple times, you know, just over the years. And so I had some experience and I certainly had the desire and uh, interest level uh, for the music. And I, I knew of some bands that um, were great bands and had a great message and were it not for their commitment to their own families and things that, you know, if they were willing to tour, they'd have major label support. But obviously, it's tough to have a family with a tour and um, coming home to a, a job delivering pizzas and not being able to support a family. Yeah, I guess basically a few years ago, my wife and I just sat down and we were looking at some of the various missionaries we were supporting. And uh, a few of them had kind of changed their scope of what they were doing. And we thought, you know, we're not really... You know, it's not that we don't like these people or what they're doing, but we're not really just in line with it. We don't feel called to kind of support that area. And we briefly talked about just sending money to a, a different band every month so they'd have gas money or, uh, you know, to get to the next show. Um, and then talking with a few of the people uh, that we were considering that with, they said, hey, why don't you put out a record for us instead? Uh, that would help us have something to sell to buy Taco Bell after these shows and have gas money. And <laughs> but this isn't cowboy music. You said you're in cowboy country, but this <laughs> yeah, is far I, from that. I, uh, yeah, this is not definitely not cowboy music. Um, we started off originally as uh, with full intention of being pretty specifically a punk rock label. And up until recently, I don't think I even really had any punk bands. Uh, We've had a few new additions that I guess are more uh, classified as more kind of classic sounding punk, but it's all definitely heavy. It's all aggressive, and uh, some of it's very progressive, unique um, stuff that I guess couldn't find a home somewhere else. And you're being that adoptive dad for these <laughs> bands? Yeah, I, I guess so. i got to tell you, I love the tagline for your label. In times of universal deceit, speaking truth is a revolutionary act. You got to explain. Uh, well, I didn't come up with that. That's a George Orwell quote. George Orwell, the author of 1984 and, you know, a uh, well-known guy. I don't even know where I heard it at first, but it just stuck with me over the years. I, you know, and Veritas is, uh, means truth. And a big thing in my that I think about and study and talk about is the concept of absolute truth and in our, you know, kind of postmodern society or post-postmodern, whatever we want, we're calling it now, um, truth is slipping away, and that's that's a big deal to me on a lot of levels. And well, even from the book 1984, I'm paraphrasing, but one of the characters says, "Look, if if we can agree that two plus two is four, well, we can move forward from there. But if you're going to tell me two plus two is five, and then later tell me it's six, 
Uh, if the rules are just going to keep changing, then there's no hope. And I feel that's kind of the the basis of even just conversation. Words are are losing meaning. We tend to think that we can impute meaning into words someone else says to us. You know, the receiver has the power to do that versus the author of the words. And I think that's a very dangerous area to get into. And so that's the emphasis, I guess, on truth is the name and the tagline or slogan or whatever you want to call it. So then do you find that the artists that you've taken on to the label, they also represent that? Yeah, um, we have varying kind of degrees of artists. Um, there's artists on my label that people have approached me and said, I can't believe you signed a non-Christian band. Um, but all the bands that are signed to my label are, you know, air quotes, a Christian band, however you want to describe that. They're Christians, they're in a band. Some of them sing about Jesus, some of them not as openly. Um, some of them drink, some of them say bad words. Uh, so depending on your level of, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what you, you, maybe you don't think some of my bands are Christian bands, but, um, no, we're all basically on the same page. We all, everybody involved in Veritas final as, um, logistical support or, um, you know, helping me actually promote things around the label or people contributing music. Everybody believes that, uh, we need Jesus and we're lost without it. You know, I, one of my good friends who I became friends with through the label, he doesn't believe in a literal six-day creation. He thinks it's a literary device. I think it is a literal six-day creation. Whatever, we're still friends. We work together. We're putting out music. Um, we try not to get caught up in too many little details, but um, all in all, we would all fall under the basic umbrella of, I guess you'd say, Protestant Christianity. But you're not trying to say that you're a heretic. <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to say that. I've been, <laughs> I guess I've been called that, even though I'm... <laughs> fairly conservative myself but no this is just a joke sorry that was that, yeah <laughs> i was just doing that just to try to rub you the wrong way man <laughs> well i think the longer we grow in our relationship with god the more we realize that um you know the bible calls us to judge between right and wrong but it never calls us to condemn another person and so you know, if my friend believes a little differently on creation than me, or, uh, you know, you have someone in your church that has a different sexual orientation than you, we're all still people, we're all still created by God, we all still need love, and uh, we as people, the capital C Church, are designed to be here to help each other and go through life with each other, and sometimes we get caught up on some differences that I think, with a little better perspective, we would see are rather petty in the grand scheme of things. Bingo. We get to see what's really important and what's not. Okay, so that was totally right off track, wasn't it? Yeah, that's okay. That's how things go sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Veritas Vinyl is simply that. It's vinyl, not going digital, but really I guess you're making music how it used to be done. A lot of current bands are heading that way too, but what's the particular attraction of vinyl? Well, um... There's a lot of reasons for it, I think. Uh, I don't know. I think I was 11 or 12. One of the first local kind of concerts I went to as a pretty young kid. I remember seeing this record there, and it was just so cool. And I mean, even before that, I was I was into music, and I would listen to my mom's records. Or um, as I was becoming kind of my own person, preteen and teenager, I realized 
not only were records incredibly cheap because I could go to a yard sale and I could buy this guy's whole collection of Led Zeppelin and Doors records for a dollar. And as a, <laughs> you know, as a young kid with no money, that was fantastic. But um, kind of like a book. I, I love my Kindle, but um, I love the smell of a book. I love the feel of the book. I love the sound of turning the page. I love falling asleep and having it hit me in the face. Um, you know, when I drop it on myself, uh, vinyl's kind of like that. It's just, it's interactive. And as much as I love my iPod, uh, which I listen to my iPod or, or my iPhone, whatever, more than anything else because of, you know, busy schedules, driving, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, listening to your record is, it makes you kind of be involved. Uh, the artwork's bigger. You take it out, you have to turn it over. And especially if you're listening to seven inches, you know, if you're going through a bunch of seven inches one night, that's, that's what you're doing. You're listening to records. It's no longer background. It's the focal point. And it just, uh, kind of draws attention to it. And records have always been a part of, uh, at least the punk scene. Um, they never went out of style. That was the thing. If you got, if you had a seven inch, then you must be a legit band. Cause somebody, you know, put your music on wax and, it, it lends some credibility to it, I think. It's not easy um, to get a record. It's expensive, and it's very lengthy. It's time-consuming, um, and it's kind of exhausting, really. So I guess it, it kind of legitimizes the release, and then the experience is a whole different experience. And, you know, nerds will argue over sound quality, and um, that's kind of part of what my job is, is dealing with professional audio-type stuff. And I will say, yes, I prefer the sound quality of vinyl, but digital sounds pretty good as well. So um, don't be a snob about it. Just listen to music however you can. And that's the biggest difference with vinyl, because as you say, you're going to put it onto a turntable. You're going to let it run. Well, you're not going to do just a single. Typically, you're going to listen to the album in its entirety. Yeah. Um, I love being able to make playlists, and I love taking my whole iPod and putting it on shuffle or listening to a Pandora station, but I also... As a kid, like uh, one of my favorite albums was Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. And man, I wore that cassette out and I knew every inch of every song. And I knew when I was about to hear that, you know, oh, Paradise City ended in about seven seconds. I'm going to hear the, the click and I need to turn it over. And I remember waking up halfway asleep, you know, trying to remember which button to eject so I could turn it over well without fully waking up so I could keep listening to music through the night, you know? <laughs> It seems odd that you would start up a label when so many labels are struggling. So is this just passion that drives you? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's certainly, um, I know I've broken even on uh, one of my CD releases and one of my record releases, and that's it. Uh, There's not really any money to be made as a um, punk and hardcore Christian vinyl record label that's you've narrowed down your market to about 70 people and (laughs) uh, (laughs) you know so there's not a big audience necessarily for everything that we do but uh, we love doing it and more importantly than even loving it we feel like it's what God wants us to do when I say us I mean myself my wife my family's involved you know I have friends that help promote and help me with advice and things so really is a handful of people that help me with it. Well, you brought up the point about money because, of course, money has to come into any kind of a business, but I can't figure out your pricing. I mean, if I go to a show, vinyl's selling for usually like 25 bucks, but most of yours are $12. Here, here I am. I'm sounding like an infomercial. <laughs> but, but seriously, don't you want to make a profit at all? Well, I do. Um, 
I mean, of course, anybody wants to make a profit. And um, honestly, our cost per record, like for an LP that we typically sell for about $12, our cost ends up being, you know, $10 and change typically, um, sometimes right up 11 And uh, we were selling them at 15 And, um, you know, most people thought the prices were fair. A couple of people thought we were too high priced. But um, I think our records turn out to be as high a quality record as anybody else. We use good pressing plants. We have a good, you know, that whole line of stuff that has to happen to make a record actually exist. We use high quality companies and equipment. And um, I think the product we turn out is good, but we really just want the music out there. A lot of our music that has been pressed on vinyl is free on our Bandcamp page. We just, we really want to get it out there. That's our main thing. If we can make money, we can put more records out. As of, you know, right now there's, you know, I get a little extra money from some overtime at my, you know, air quotes, real job. And maybe someone else kicks in a few bucks or something. And that's how it gets put out. And the more people buy, the more records we put out. It's basically what it comes down to. Well, you guys have also reissued some older stuff. You uh, re-released on vinyl the first two albums from Craig's Brother. You also had a few of the Crucified, you know, their self-titled LP, uh, Pillars of Humanity and Nailed. But how did that end up coming about? Well, early on, before I think the, the first 7-inch we ever did was the False Idol, I Refuse 7-inch, which I still love. A great album to start a label with. And I became friends with Kevin from uh, Vinyl Remains. And we were just talking about, you know, we were little record collector nerds, both of us. And we were talking about records we wished we had on vinyl or wished existed on vinyl. And for my second record as Veritas Vinyl, I just happened to, <laughs> I emailed the bulk email thing um, on the Crucified website and tim their manager got back to me and was like it's <laughs> a little skeptical at first like who are you and why do you want to put out our record and but became good friends with tim and those guys and we just kind of kept putting them out it wasn't my intention to do a bunch of kind of classic re-releases and not saying i won't again in the future but it was a lot of fun and it did help bring some attention to the label and the bands that are on the label who are currently active and not as well known as the Crucified or Craig's Brother or Hands. Um, and I think that's about all the actual re-releases we did. Well then, who gets in touch with who? Are bands getting in touch with you or are you doing it the other way around? Well, I started off when I first we first started and nobody knew who we were. Um, as opposed to now where, <laughs> you know, a hundred people <laughs> know who we are. Uh, no, when we first started, I, I was just kind of out there looking for bands and scouring the, you know, uh, reverb nation and whatever else. And I'd find somebody and, you know, it just never worked out, but it seems like with every case, um, something's just kind of happened and put me in touch with somebody. Um, well, oh, okay. Like for example, Kevin and I, Kevin from Vinyl Remains, we were talking about Empty Tomb, a great band from the Northwest. Mm-hmm recorded a few tapes, never really released anything cohesive or, you know, it doesn't exist today. And so I kind of knew Greg because I was in a band from the Northwest that had played a few shows for them. He didn't remember me, but basically just kind of reached out to him. But he said, oh yeah, well, hey, Crux is getting back together. And also we're going to do a split with this band, The Unteachers. You should talk to Steven. And so just right there, I ended up kind of reconnecting with Greg and getting involved with Unteachers. 
And Crux eventually never did actually get back together, but that kind of led to government hate mail. And Greg and I are pretty good friends now, and we do a podcast together. And so every everything's just kind of worked out, I guess you'd say. Um, different circumstances for each record. Uh, it's really unique, and it's really fun to be a part of, and also to kind of look back and see how, well, that was an interesting string of events that brought me in touch with so-and-so. Well, you're speaking about looking back into the past, number of the artists that you have on Veritas, they were, you know, active years ago, you know, stopped recording, and now they seem to be coming back and, you know, re-recording again. So I don't know, is it they or is it you that are wanting to sort of reconnect with the past? Um, It's probably both of us, uh, really. Um, I can't even think of who's stopped recording and started again. Uh well, what about yourself, Grace and Thieves? Oh, yeah. Do you remember um, that band? You have seen some personal connection with that band, don't you? <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, that's I'm the guitar player and singer. Um, I kind of tried to keep that quiet for a while because I wanted honest feedback on it. But we played in the Northwest for a few years, around 2000-ish. And um, as Veritas Final started getting going again, I started finding more friends and um, Brandon from Indivision Music and said, hey, I, I need songs for this punk rock compilation. I mean, anything you can, I'd really appreciate it. And Grace and Thieves had a bunch of unreleased stuff. And so I sent him a song and it came out on that comp. And I got, uh, you know, Sean from <laughs> Rottweiler and David from Thumper both emailed the Grace and Thieves ad- address. And we're like, are you signed? What are you guys doing? And everything. And I thought, oh, well, if my two friends who also own Christian punk labels are interested in my band, maybe I should do something. And uh the drummer we had at the time who was our longtime drummer uh back in the 2000s and stuff he had recently moved back down to colorado with me so we did some recording together and our bass player in oregon just recorded on his own and sent us some tracks and um it just kind of evolved into what it is now which is basically a something fun we like to do in a, a studio project and not really much more beyond that but you're having fun with it we are. It's a lot of fun, and it's fun to still play music. And uh, Justin, who's the bass player, you know, still plays a lot. And I play just at home in my bedroom, and also for our youth group and stuff. So we're all still kind of active. And uh, Travis, from who used to be the drummer for End Teachers, is now drumming for us. So that's fun. That's exciting. But it's you know just a largely a studio project. We don't have any plans to play live because we're literally spread all across the country. So it seems to be not just you, but it seems to be everybody that's just passion that's driving them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the bands that we have on the label or people who are involved in helping the label, they're not in it to get famous or make money. I mean, they're in it because they love the music or they love the idea behind the label. Um, Steven, who was on your show recently, is one of my biggest supporters. He just tells everybody, like, look, this is awesome. It's just a bunch of people trying to get music out there, which is basically what it is. Every band I work with has no ego and they're they're trying just to get music out there because they love it and they love what they're singing about and they love what their place within their own local scene is. You brought up some time ago in our conversation here about how originally it started as a punk label, Veritas did, but really you guys offer so much. I think that's probably the mo- one of the most interesting aspects about Veritas is just the diversity in styles on it. Because, you know, you're running punk, pop punk, doom metal, hardcore, prog rock. But, you know, one of the oddest <laughs> bands that you have to have has to be Easter Teeth. I mean, <laughs> blending soul and hardcore. 
what did you think when you first heard the band? Uh, <laughs> man, I love those guys. Uh, Jimmy from Platoon 1107, he said, hey, by the way, I've got these friends that I, I don't know what label would want anything to do with them because they're just so weird. And I thought, oh, that means probably Jesse's into them. And um, <laughs> turns out he was correct. Um, I like anything just weird and uh, unique. Uh, not necessarily weird per se, for, not for the sake of being weird, but anything unique, anything that uh, has some authenticity and passion behind it. And uh, Easter Teeth definitely falls right in there. They're uh, a couple of the nicest guys I've ever dealt with or talked to. And I absolutely love their music and I'm excited. They're working on recording this winter. We're going to have a, a new release by them coming out soon. Um, so that's very cool. It's really captivating. Yeah, and unfortunately, I've never seen them live, but uh, <laughs> from what I hear, it's it's even better live. So uh, if you live anywhere near, you know, find them on Facebook or whatever social media and find out where they're playing and when they're playing. And if you live near there, go check it out. It's, uh, it's sure to be a fantastic time. Well, somebody else that I was really surprised to find was Victor Griffin of Pentagram doing stuff with a band called Engraved. Did that surprise you, his approach to you? Um, well, actually, um, I'm going to sound like a new school poser, I guess, but I knew Place of Skulls before I knew Pentagram. And okay. Place of Skulls was his other, you know, his project that he's still active with. And um, I found out he was in Pentagram, and I kind of, I was, I really was a newcomer to Pentagram. And I, in talking with Victor, and there's a documentary on Bobby on Netflix, it's real interesting, kind of got to hear the backstory. And man, what an interesting whole group of bands there and interesting people and you know what a life what a story they've had and lived through and um victor is is by far in my opinion one of the greatest guitarists around it i I love at least for my money i mean i love the style that engraved album is it takes some time to become an all-time favorite you know and it was only released a year or two ago but it's becoming one of my all-time favorite albums i really love that album and um uh, he's just such a great guitarist as a growing up as a punk guitarist, I kind of, despite my kind of metal roots, I kind of abhorred guitar solos. And uh, Victor is one of those guys that makes me love guitar solos. Um, nothing cheesy, nothing, just very, very intense, very soulful, very, very meaningful. And yeah, I just I can't say enough good things about Engraved. Have you ever had a band approach you where you said this is just not going to work? <laughs> uh, I've had quite a few bands approach me saying, "Oh, we're playing, all, you know, we're we're awesome." And usually, it's some kind of really generic kind of metalcore, which you know, if that's what you're into, great. I just it's not really my thing. And if I can't get real excited about a release, I'm probably not going to put it out, even if it is a money maker, just because you know, working on records and then assembling records and packing up orders. I do it in the evenings after my real job, you know, so it cuts into my personal time. And if it's a record I don't like, I don't want anything to do with it. It's a chore and I'm not getting really paid to do a chore. So, uh, I only put out stuff that I really, really like. What about Slaves BC? That really grabbed me. Those guys, I don't even remember how I got in touch with those guys, but, um, I know Josh pretty well. Josh is their singer and drummer and he does a lot of art. He did artwork for the the split with Grace and Thieves. Um, 
and he's got some more artwork for a couple upcoming projects. I just, I really like those guys. Those guys are an example of um, great songwriting, great musicianship. Uh, they're super great guys. They've got a good work ethic. In my opinion, they could be on a major label touring with all kinds of big bands if they were willing to, you know, give up on their families and go out on the road 240 days a year. And um, if anybody deserves a big deal, uh, it's probably those guys. And um, I, I love everything I have of theirs. They've got a couple releases they kind of self-released. They've got a split 7-inch they were in the process of putting out when we started talking they now have the split LP with Grace and Thieves, and they're working on a full-length LP. And this year, they're they're giving away a song a month. They're re-recording some of their old demo songs, and we're gonna have a free digital Christmas comp pretty soon. They're gonna have a song on that, and so there's they're just getting ready to just start pouring out all kinds of music. Keep an eye on them. Some of the artists on Veritas, they're very opinionated, and sometimes I could see how it could rub even people a little bit raw. But over mortal, they don't fudge on anything, do they? <laughs> no, uh, they really don't. And Overmortal is another kind of unique band that just has a sound that I, you know, grew up on that kind of skate punk sound, and I love it. And I don't know if Nick contacted me or if I can't remember exactly, but I just liked it. And he was like, "Yeah, it's just me. No one else is willing to help." I'm like, "All right, great. You're signed, I guess. I don't know." Uh, <laughs> and he's working on some new material too but yeah he's he's super opinionated and he's super passionate about what he believes in and um that makes me like him even more what's been the best thing for you doing this with veritas um it's a lot of fun to be involved in records and music um it's exciting at times it's neat to get interact with you know with some of the represses some of my musical heroes and be involved with very creative people all that's really cool um i'm sitting in my office type room here and i've got all every color variant of every record i've pressed hanging up on the wall it's very nice to look up and see it um all that is great but ultimately in john 15 jesus says you were made to do things i gave you work to do i made you to do this work when you do that work my joy is made complete in you and i feel like this is what god wants me to do and that's where the joy from it comes. It's certainly not in packing up records till 2 a.m. <laughs> it's certainly not in a, a bank statement that is just bleeding cash for records. My uh, accountant kind of hates me sometimes, but um, that's where the joy comes from. It's it's a lot of work and it's a lot of hassle to do this, and there's some reward, but that's not that's not really enough to keep me going. Really, it's it's the fact that I believe it's what God wants me to do, and that's ultimately where the joy in doing it comes from. Well, before we start to close up here, what's coming from Veritas? Like, you're not going to be giving any kind of announcement that you're going to be putting out eight tracks and cassettes, are you? <laughs> no, uh, I listened to eight tracks and cassettes when I was a kid quite a bit, just because it was what was available. But um, I really don't like the tape format; it wear out so fast. I know cassettes are kind of the new trend, but I'm just not into it. And like I said, if I'm not into it, I'm probably not putting it out because I have to be into it. <laughs> But uh, no, we're just going to keep putting out some records. I kind of go dark from October to December because with my real job, I get real busy. So I'm not really in production or pre-production for anything. But we've got plans for a handful of 7 inches and a couple LPs next year that we'll be uh, getting cranking on early in, in January. And probably just a lot more of the same. We're open to 
uh, just keep putting out good music and supporting artists that we are really into. And where do people find your records? VeritasVinyl.net. We're on Facebook and whatever, that kind of stuff. But whatever social media changes come and go, you can always find links to the store or the band camp or Facebook at VeritasVinyl.net. Well, Jesse, it's been a real pleasure talking with you about Veritas Vinyl. And, man, best of luck with your business. Yeah, thanks very much. It was good talking to you, and I hope to talk again soon. You were saying that you're doing a podcast? Uh, Yeah, I do a podcast with Greg from uh, Government Hate Mail and Crux and Empty Tomb. And it it basically came down to every once in a while we'd get on the phone and we'd talk about records we bought and we'd talk about mountain biking. And he said, hey, why don't we record this? And the format is me and Greg hanging out talking about whatever it's it's largely uninteresting, but uh, you know some people listen to it for whatever reason. So, well, I'll look it up. Where do I find it? Um, there's a link on the VeritasVinyl.net page. It's called the Black Vinyl Collective. Sometimes there's news about Veritas Vinyl. Sometimes it's whatever music we heard that we liked and mountain biking we did. And, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure why anybody would listen to it really. Well, Jesse, again, thanks for putting up with me. Yeah, thank you very much.